You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Mattis, and this is Locked On NBA. Adam, my team's about to sign the, the Carmelo Anthony. I need this all-star break so badly. <laughs> I need it so badly. You know, Carmelo Anthony left Denver nine years ago, and I got to say, it's it's been all right. <laughs> don't, don't necessarily <laughs> – things have worked out good for Denver. <laughs> This is uh, – uh, Laker fans find themselves in a dark place, in, in an especially dark place. And what we're going to do for today's show is we're going to, as we are the last show before the, the All-Star break, we are going to get everybody ready for all, the, the, all of the festivities. We're going to break, break down Friday and Saturday. We're going to break down the All-Star game itself. Uh, but I love in, it. But in segment one, we're going to focus on the storylines that caught our attention heading into the All-Star break. So – Let's start there, Adam. I, you were tasked with putting together your list of storylines. What's number one at the very top of your list? Well, of course I was tasked with it, Anthony. I do the work for the show, and, <laughs> and you're sort of the face of the show. But yeah. um, I believe in show prep. No, uh, number one, I think it's something <laughs> that you've We need a better face. <laughs> something you're very familiar with, which is the Lakers collapse. It's story number one, and I don't know if collapse is the right word. We need some kind of something about this, this Lakers season because – there was a point in time where it looked like the Lakers were going to be the two or three seed and the the best challenger in the West to the Lakers. LeBron gets hurt. Then he tries to trade everyone. We're in uncharted territory. I, I really do think. I feel like it's – um. There's so many different threads to that story, and it's part of what has has been so interesting about them and about just what might happen with the Lakers this season and going forward. So for me, that's story number one. I would say collapse is the right word. <laughs> because, because because it really looked like like every single thing that could have gone wrong did go wrong, right? Yeah. And now, but I, what I will say though is that a lot of those things that have gone wrong were kind of predictable, right? Like, yeah. Oh, no doubt about it. There, this was always a possibility. Yeah, like LeBron at thirty four, kind of sort of breaking down a little bit. Like you know, yeah. it wouldn't have shocked yeah. me if you would have told me heading into the season, Rajon Rondo has missed like thirty games or so. Again, wouldn't by, shock me. By the me. way, LeBron's injury and how long he was out is like the fourth or fifth biggest thread of this thing. It's not even the biggest storyline, which is crazy because yeah. it's really important. Yeah. Uh, the, I would say the biggest thread here has been Magic Johnson's complete bungling, not only of the trade deadline and, and trying to trade everybody, but his response afterward. He went in 24-hour span. He went from saying, I'm going to give everybody a hug and we're going to rally around each other. We're going to be good. To the very next day, <laughs> the very next day, he's out there saying, stop babying these kids. People get traded all the time. Yes, Magic Johnson, you who have never been on the trade block ever in your entire life. Right. Uh, yes, please tell me how that's going to go. No, and, 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 you know, he does have a point, I think, about there's, you know, oh, this is a business and we got to learn and you got to fight through it. But the part that you can't overlook is that we're in unprecedented territory. Yeah. This, this is – you know, there's been open rumors and, oh, he's been in rumors and has distracted his play, but never to the degree and with as many players as we have. We have Rich Paul. We have the teammate LeBron James. Um, you know, it's high-profile things that are happening in in plain sight and open sight, and that's – and it's just – it's a distraction to the level of which we don't usually see with this type of thing. And, and it's one of those things where – you know me, Anthony. I think things always work out for the Los Angeles Lakers. It's just they – the deck is stacked in their favor. So for this, this is the first time I'm looking at it and going, it might actually not work out, and it would be an incredible blunder for the reason I just said. They have so many advantages to work with yeah. that to blow that would be insane. 
the thing that the thing that people are kind of overlooking here with the response to hey just buck up get through these trade rumors is that it wasn't that the New Orleans Pelicans asked for too many players. They asked for too many draft picks. All of the players were very much available. <laughs> so, like everybody yeah, in that was... locker room was looking at Magic like, oh, it, yeah, you didn't really stand up for us. It was just, no, you didn't want to give up your future <laughs> flexibility. All right. What's, your, yeah. what's um, your second thing on the list? I think the Eastern Conference arms race at this trade deadline, but even starting over the summer, was, was really yeah. interesting. Man, Kawhi Leonard going there, of course. Um, the big one, Jimmy Butler as well. So you look at it last year, the Eastern Conference was LeBron's conference and oh, there's some you know, some challengers that are kind of cute. We'll see what can happen. Now you look at it, the Warriors are still the Warriors, they're still the heavy favorite. All the other good challengers, in my opinion, are out east. And who knows what happens with Oklahoma City? They just start, signed uh, or it, it is reported that they will get Markeith Morris. I think that's a huge addition that yep. makes them – that sort of jumps them into the conversation of these other Eastern Conference teams. But the Eastern Conference, the four teams that are the best – you know, not I know, I know Indiana is there right now. But the teams that I think will finish at the, at the top of the Eastern Conference are all really fantastic teams and um, – it's gonna it's gonna be a, it was a great storyline leading up to the trade uh, to the all-star break it's gonna be an even better uh storyline going forward yeah i don't know who walks out of the eastern conference that changes for me every single day and that <clears throat> that makes me really excited because for the last like i don't know six years has it been it's been yeah. the warriors are going to be there and the Cavs are going to be there and i'm looking forward to heading into the playoffs with a little bit of of i don't know who's going to take this thing which is, I you think, know, is going to come up a little bit later. <laughs> well, I was going to say another one of my major storylines, and to me, I've been banging this drum now for over a month. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks. Why are we just not? Why? Why are they still sort of the sideshow? I get why. First of all, they're not a big market. They do have one big star in Giannis, but like Chris Middleton is your second best player. Not exactly, you know, what you think of when you think of a great team. You don't yeah. think of that as your your you know second your Batman guy. or whatever. Um, but Milwaukee has a historical differential, point differential. They're winning by 10 points per game. They have the best record in the NBA by two games. They've beaten everybody at the top. Um, to me, I, I look at it and I go, man, this is that classic – a team is way better and they're hiding in plain sight, but nobody's talking about them. Um, as tough as the East is, I have Milwaukee as a, a, a pretty strong favorite amongst all the other challengers. I think – I think what holds a lot of people up on top of the things that you mentioned, small market, weird team that's put together, is when math is is this like when 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 a team goes to this extent to extort math, you know, with with floor spacing and three point shooting and and running the floor and all these things. Like I think not that, how I would phrase it, but okay. Well, well, no. I, <laughs> when they when they're when they're when they're bending the game's math to their will. And they aren't the Warriors. It takes a little bit of time to recognize that 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 might actually be yeah. sustainable. Oh, and, exactly. Yeah, that's a good, okay. Yeah, that is a good point. And I, I think that's kind of what's going on there with with Milwaukee. But I, I would agree. I, I think they're my favorite. But again, I just it, the, the East is so packed. And and if Giannis like goes down for any stretch of time, there yeah. goes Milwaukee. I mean, that, I throw those narratives out because that's true of almost every single team. If Steph Curry goes down, LeBron James goes. Down. I mean, all of these we could do that for every team. But Isn't Milwaukee, it, Milwaukee, I think is to the the greater to a greater extent with that stuff. They're like, like if, they're like Houston, sure. Yeah, I mean, they're like, like Houston if, and Harden. Yeah, but, but Giannis is that Giannis is a sledgehammer, and this is a team that is built perfectly around him and and they've played like i just think they've proven it um they've lost what 14 games and i think two of those have come without Giannis in the lineup so 
I mean, when he's healthy, they're they're a historically great team. That's a storyline. And then finally, to wrap this up, I got a couple little ones. Uh, Victor Oladipo's injury to me is a big storyline because Indiana's still third in the Eastern Conference. And they were another team, I think, perfectly positioned to fly under the radar and, and maybe surprise teams, up-and-coming team. And we're sort of robbed of that this year, I think. Um, the Brooklyn Nets are a storyline. I don't think anybody had them being as good as they are right now. Um, and so good, in fact, that they could become a player in free agency. This is what Brooklyn has huh. had to do in the Prokhorov era. They've had to make themselves relevant. I think we see both Brooklyn and the Clippers as two teams that are positioning themselves to sort of reinvent the narrative about themselves. And at least with Brooklyn, they look to be ahead of schedule. Um, and then lastly, the Sacramento Kings. I think they're 18 games above their projected win total at the moment. Um <laughs> There are always surprise teams, but the Sacramento Kings people saw as being the second or third worst team in the in the Western Conference. They are currently in the Western Conference playoff hunt or playoff race. They're they're an impressive team. Of those teams, of Brooklyn and Sacramento, which would you bet on to? I don't think either obviously get out of the first round, but which which team like wins a game in that first round? <laughs> um, well, I mean, the Golden State Warriors will not lose, so you have to go to the Western Conference uh, or to the Eastern, Eastern Conference, Conference. And I would say, and I would say, Brooklyn. Brooklyn also plays sort of a high variance style of basketball. They take a ton of threes, and those types of teams can, even against the, when they're outmatched, can have the one night where everybody hits. So, yeah, um, I think it's Brooklyn. And again, both of these are smaller storylines because I don't think they impact the overall big picture narratives of the season. But they're still, I think. These are things that make the regular season interesting as teams like those. Yeah, they've been they've been a ton of fun. Shouts to Kings fans. They they've been sitting around waiting for a team that they can actually not un, not un, or not ironically like. They can oh, actually yeah. like these guys. Great fan base, man. Great fan and Kings games in a playoff series that would just be fun. Yeah. I, I would I would agree. All right, we're going to take a quick second here and when we come back we're going to talk about Friday and Saturday night. We're talking Rising Stars Challenge. Uh, All-Star Saturday night the and, and, uh, and the three-point contest, the dunk contest, all of that good stuff here in a second. Well, you can tell we are like really close to the All-Star break because my voice is going. <laughs> are you going down? Are you going down to Cancun, Anthony, to, for a little oh, yeah. getaway? At the, at yeah. the end of this thing, we're, we're, we're chanting one, two, three, Cancun. Private jets out to the Bahamas. Yes, with that's two wing, with two bottles of wine. All is not lost, Adam. All is not lost. All is not lost. <laughs> uh, I love I love All Star Weekend. I, I'm too. not going to lie. I know it's it's silly and people complain. There's no defense in the game. Get out of here. Get a get a personality, people. This, this game is supposed to be fun. They give you 82 games a year plus playoffs where there's you know actual basketball. This one can be a showcase. And look, there's a certain level. There's a threshold that has to be met, but. The three-point content. These things are fun. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm gonna brag a little bit about my my marriage here for a second. For <laughs> for for 15 years now, we've been doing this thing because I've never really been a big Valentine's Day Valentine's Day guy. Uh, it's never been a big deal to me. My wife has. She comes from a family that like really does celebrate that kind of thing. So we compromised. We said, all right, All Star Saturday, All Star Weekend is always around uh, the All-Star or the, the Valentine's Day. So every Saturday night for All-Star weekend, we get together. We go to a, 
a big sports bar with as big a screen as we can possibly find, and we celebrate this thing. It's it's like a le- legitimately joyful <laughs> event. It's like really fun. That is you, that is a great wife you have there. Ah, well yeah. done, Anthony. Who would have guessed? I completely outkick my coverage. So we're going to uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's start with Friday night, the Rising Stars Challenge. We were you were giving me a hard time for this take before we went live or before we started recording. I want so if there is any rule that the NBA is considering uh, to throw out there. Whatever it might be, they, I, in my opinion, they really need to rethink their clear path rules and, and transition foul rules. I think they need to dual, like make sure and heavily penalize teams that are thinking about fouling in transition. Throw that in there. If, it's, if there's like an advantage rule that you want to try to inherit from soccer, throw that in there. No charges in the Rising <laughs> Stars Challenge. No, this is terrible. No, they, no they should, charges. They should, wear, uh, they should wear rolling skates. No, no, no but like, these things would actually up. help the game. Uh, Four-point line. Throw it should be a out. 12-foot hoop. Why not? Let's just do everything. <laughs> Trampoline out of the basket. Trampolines. No, it's called <laughs> – <laughs> come on, man. So you're not, what's the argument against messing – like right now, how many people do you think actually watch the Rising Stars Challenge for the basketball thing? I have no idea. The diehards, which is what it's for. This is for the diehard fan. The Rising Star Challenge. I mean, come on. That's for the diehards. And I like it as a showcase. And you know what? It's not like the best basketball in the world, but you get to see a lot of these up and comers on the on the court together. And I think that's really, really cool. Give me a four point line. All right. Who's uh, who's running away <laughs> or who's winning the Rising Stars Challenge? Which team do you like more? Yeah, this one, this one is actually kind of tough. I like the roster of the Team US a little bit better, but I'm actually going to pick Team World because they have Ben Simmons and Doncic, who I think are the clear like number one, number two yeah. guys. Um, whereas with Team USA, I feel like you have a lot more of like who's who's between Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, who who you know who's the number one there. I think there almost might be a little a little mm-hmm. uh, less chemistry there. So I kind of like Team World, even though I think there's more talent on Team US. If there was a a four point line, maybe like if there was a four point line, and and Simmons shot more four four point attempts than he shot three point oh, attempts man. on the season, that would be a legitimate hilarious moment. I agree with you. I like the world team a lot more. I also I always kind of find that the world team to be more competitive. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you what Bogdan Bogdanovich, my dark horse MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge. Just That's gonna be go the guy. And knock down everything. Oh. Guy is incredible. Love I actually, him. I actually think if the American team is to win this thing, De'Aaron Fox is going to be the MVP. Yeah, I could see that. Like I that, absolutely that, remember that. Remember that, that, remember that game. Yeah, remember that one All Star game where Allen Iverson took completely over and brought the uh, East team back and yeah. was just all over the court. Like I, I could see De'Aaron Fox having that kind of game. I could see him being very fast and getting out in transition and having like a sneaky 35 points or something. Yeah. So I, I, I dig it. Uh, who do you have? Let's move over to Saturday night. Who do yes. you have winning the skills challenge? We'll start, we'll start at the top based on how NBA.com has it. So first of all, I like the skills challenge. It used to be kind of goofy yeah. and it still is. I still think they could change the course a little bit to make it <laughs> more of an actual true skills thing. But it's kind of fun. It's kind of become a fun event. I like that they put big guys in there. And a quick aside – Asked Will Barton the other day um, who he thinks is going to win this challenge, and he said Jokic. Asked him why, and he said because he's skilled, which I thought was the, was the perfect. No, I guess that is true. It is the skills challenge. So, um, 
who I like there, I'm going to give you three names. I think Luka Doncic, he, you know, he, um, he just seems to have a knack for doing like weird stuff, hitting weird shots, yeah. being good at weird skills. And this is one of them. I think Jokic is the same way. Um, again, <laughs> as to, to paraphrase Will Barton, he's skilled. Um, but my actual favorite, I'm going to go with Trey Young. He's tiny. He can shoot. He can pass. He's fast. I, th- I think he should be the favorite. I also think with Trey Young, like he's heard all season about how much better Doncic is than everybody. Ooh, I like it. And and I think I could I like your pick on on Trey Young. I again like De'Aaron Fox because he's really freaking fast. He is fast, <laughs> and really, it's just really a matter fast. of if if he can knock down that shot quick enough. I, uh, I would I would like Kuzma in this thing if passing wasn't a, it wasn't part of the thing. <laughs> you think he'll shoot during the pass section? Just <laughs> <laughs> he'll he'll throw a runner for his bounce pass. <laughs> um, all right. I, I I disagree with you about the the big men thing. What I do if you if you're gonna have big men in it, do it like they did a couple years ago, where it was team guards and team bigs. You know, uh, or yeah. or even do like I think they could I think they could change the course. I think there's a couple like other like things you could put in there that would make it a little bit more interesting, like a strength part. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a couple more shots, different angles, you know, a bank shot from this spot or I don't know, something like that. Uh, all right. So we're moving on to the three-point contest. Who do you got winning Ooh. this win, Winning this three-point contest? Dirk Nowitzki's in it. I think he's my choice to cramp up. <laughs> I would love to pick Dirk. It would be a great story if Dirk It'd did so win this great. one. It would be a really, really good story. Um, it, it's interesting that you asked me about this before the dunk contest because I feel like the three-point contest is the new dunk contest. That's the new marquee event. I wonder if it would ever go last because nowadays your street cred is more about your three-point shot than it yeah. is about your dunk. Think <laughs> not, about it. Not untrue. What's funny is that like with the three-point shooters, they're never like, I, I don't want to be seen as a three-point shooter. Right with dunkers, it's always like I, I don't want to be seen as a dunker, as just a yeah, dunker. Yeah, that's true. You, you want to be all around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but all right, can I throw a tweak on the, the the three point contest? Yes. Can we have like at the top of the key a shot that's worth like a point and a half that what? is two or three feet behind where Ooh, they usually the deep shoot three. from? The deep yeah. three. I like it. Well. You know, for the three-point contest, I'm going to say no, but you might be onto something. Maybe the skills challenge. This is another Ooh, thing for the skills challenge. That'd you have be the, fun. You have the three and the deep three. Yeah. You know, there might be something there. That'd be great. Um, or if like a half-court thing was just like the wild card, if you hit a half-court shot, you got through the skills portion. Yeah. I, All right. I'm going to give you two runners up here for right. the, the three-point contest. Steph Curry, runner-up. Look, he's he's great. He could win it, but I, I'm I'm not feeling him this year. Mm-hmm. Buddy Heald, I think, has great odds at the Buddy Heald shot is so pure, and mm-hmm. he's a catch and shoot guy. But the guy I am going with, the greatest shooter of the last five games, and look, it's all about the rhythm you're in. Joe Harris over the last five he's games, been insane. Six, six and a half three point attempts. He is shooting sixty five <laughs> over sixty five percent. Joe, Joe Harris, in addition to maybe being the best spot-up shooter in the NBA already, he uh, is coming in on a heater, so I'm going to go with him. I'm taking Seth Curry. Ooh, okay. I want, I want I, Seth Curry, like, again, for the same reason that you and, – and look, Steph Curry gets a ton of hype, just like Doncic gets a ton of hype for the right reasons. Uh, but Seth Curry, like, he, Steph has taken the game by storm. He's completely revolutionized the way that we think about offense, and Seth is just like – Hey guys, he's in his home state. Like I, 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 I want Seth Curry to, to jump up and and surprise everybody. A final round with Steph and Seth, Seth would be pretty cool. That would be great. That would be yeah. that'd be awesome. 
Uh, all right, last thing here for Saturday night, we're going to talk about the slam dunk contest, and I, I'm going to I'm going to make a lot of people angry. The names that we have in the slam dunk contest, I think, highlight the fact that this thing is in. It's in Charlotte. In decline. In the, oh, it's, that's in Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I think you might get, you know, maybe one Lakers exceptional name right guy. Here. If it can't was be in, in L.A. every year, Anthony. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, all right. So who do you have? So this is Dennis Smith Jr., Miles Bridges, Hamadou Diallo, and John Collins. Who who do you have here? Is Who's taking this thing home? I I mean I you get surprised by this sometimes like sometimes guys will be like oh I didn't realize he was going to put on such a show Javale McGee put on a pretty good show yeah. when he was in there I would have never guessed he would have done well um, Hamadou Diallo and John Collins I just do not see as being exciting dunk contest I know they dunk I know they have some good in game dunks but I just don't see them as dunk contest guys so for me this is between Miles Bridges and Dennis Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. and you're talking about two like really fun dunkers yeah. if they put a little thought into this and come prepared they could really both put on one of those great um you know duels and that's what i hope we get but i'm gonna go with dennis Smith jr me too i agree with you on dennis guards have an unfair advantage here they just look cooler going through the air miles bridges looks cool going through the air too though because he's kind of he's jacked you know he's yeah. ripped he's not that tall like he's a he's a fun dunker he kind of reminds me of jason richardson i wish we could have brought zion williamson in for this thing <laughs> oh man Next year, next year should be a pretty good one, man. <laughs> Although, here's the thing. Here's the problem with Zion next year. Who's going to challenge him? I mean, he's he's in a he's like Vince. He's in a, or some other. Dennis Smith Jr. can he he does some ridiculous stuff, but Zion. I mean, come on. So I want <clears throat> Zion is getting enough hype that I think the really competitive dunkers over the last couple of years might actually look at that and be like, like Zach Levine, if he might say, dude, this guy really doesn't have that much. Aaron Gordon, maybe, same thing. <laughs> nobody says that, though. Even those guys, nobody's like, well, come on. I don't know, man. <laughs> These guys are ridiculously competitive, and all we hear about, like we heard, we had everybody was freaking out about him denting a basketball. Like the, the reason the ball bounces is because it dents. Like, that's how it hey, happens. Man. That's how it works. Look. Look, Zach Levine and Zion Williamson have the same vertical. And Zion weighs like 200 pounds more. It's so so I, I think these guys understand he's impressive, man. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for uh, All-Star Saturday night. We're going to take a quick second here. And when we come back, we're going to preview the storylines, who's going to win it, the MVP for Sunday night, the All-Star game. I think this one's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll come back here in a second. So all season, Laker fans have been begging LeBron James to play the five. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the Lakers rosters in, uh, initially was put together with that in mind, with with LeBron James being able to play the five in mind. He's going to do it this year. He's matched up against Joel Embiid in the starting, in the starting lineup of the All-Star yeah. game. And Laker fans everywhere are like, really now? Uh, especially given yeah. the fact that he's kind of dogged it the last couple weeks. But anywho... This is still a really fun matchup. The starters, you have LeBron James, obviously, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and uh, and Kawhi Leonard. And then on Team Giannis, you have Giannis, Steph, Joel Embiid, Paul George, and Kemba Walker. Uh, uh, if just, There's if, so many good players. This is a good All-Star game. The talent on these All-Star games is pretty, pretty good. If you were if you were just to play if it's just a, a five on five game to say fifteen or so, which team do you take there? Mm, man, you know I'd probably go with Team LeBron, and 
the one of the reasons being Joel and Beach should dominate the matchup. They should like own the the offensive glass and everything else. But this is an all star game. Yeah. I just don't know that the teams are going to actually like <laughs> ISO post up Joel and space the floor properly. That's not what you want to do. What they do want to do is run and gun and shoot a lot of three pointers and talk about a lineup. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, all in the same lineup. LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. That's a lot of spacing. Um, I I, I got to give it to Team LeBron. Remember, I remember the first year that I played fantasy basketball, I put together a team that I thought was like a really good basketball team, but I didn't really take into consideration what I was supposed to be doing there. I feel like that's what Giannis did with this team, with with his team. (laughs) He put together like a really good team that makes a lot of sense. It has a lot of the things that you need to be able to win in the NBA right now, but he didn't take into account like the type of game that they're actually going to be playing. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, he was I, more for a seven game playoff series, you know, like positional yeah. versatility. Come on, I, man. I'm telling you guys, Joel Embiid's going to wear him down over the course of a seven game <laughs> yeah, series. Really draw a lot of fouls. <laughs> the lineup I'm excited for, though, you know, Giannis picked Middleton first out of the reserves, but he went with Jokic. And if you look at, it, I just talked about Embiid. You're not going to post him up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all all game. Jokic is the perfect – if you just swap Embiid for Jokic, now you have the Giannis-Jokic pick and roll, which I don't think you can stop even with as great of a lineup as as you can throw out there in an all-star game. And then you give him Kemba Walker, Steph Curry, Paul George to space the floor. Giannis and Jokic are two of the most entertaining players in all of the NBA in my opinion. That would be beautiful basketball. I hope that we get some minutes with those five guys. Yeah, just give me give me all of Team Giannis's shooters with Jokic on the court, right? Yep. That's that's all I want, you know. Even if even if it isn't Giannis and Jokic out there, which I think we'll get some of those minutes and we'll see a couple of those pick and rolls. Uh, but if we get Middleton and Gian- Giannis's place, and then you just have like four outstanding shooters, I don't know how anybody stops that. the The thing that I really always watch for, and the the thing that I always hope for heading into to Sunday night's game, is just make it close with about five minutes to go. Because that's yeah. where these guys, that's where these guys' competitive natures really kick in. So, of the with the teams that we have sitting in front of us here, how would which are, which teams five guy five guy lineups when it's really winning time? Uh, do you think both teams go with? Um, I think with Team LeBron, you probably have Anthony Davis out there. Maybe I don't. I don't know who for. <laughs> think about it. Which guy from the starting lineup do you replace? Probably Kawhi Leonard. I would. I would assume. I would say Kyrie. Yeah, maybe Kyrie because you already have a LeBron and a Harden to handle the ball. So yeah. one of those two guys. But Anthony, you have to have a big out there, and I think it's Anthony Davis. Um, um, on the other side, sadly, your closing lineup might not feature Kemba Walker. You, as great as he is, yeah. they maybe they they think Steph Curry's our point guard. We're not going to bench Steph, so we got to go with somebody else. Um, you probably do have Embiid out there to close the game because remember last year how great he was defensively down the stretch. He was like locking up everybody. Yeah. Um, I don't know who you replace him with though. Westbrook, maybe, maybe, maybe you throw Westbrook in Kemba Walker's face. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Westbrook should be in any closing lineup in this All Star game. I don't. I'm not even positive Westbrook <laughs> should be in the All Star game. Hot uh, takes. I would Hot probably. I'd probably. In. I'd probably swap like Chris Middleton for uh, for Kemba Walker. <laughs> That's just a weird thing to say, man. I, I, don't, I, I know, know. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, it's just about like what you value. Because when you have Steph out there, do you really need Kemba? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, all right. Who's taking the MVP? The hometown favorite is probably Kemba, right? And he might do all those things. And Chuck was saying at the yeah. time when they drafted these teams that, you know, players just kind of tell the hometown guy, hey, go do your thing and, and we'll see what we can do to get you an MVP. I don't see that really happening here. 
I think there are, there are players out there that are better than Kemba. So who do you see walking away with the uh, with all-star MVP? Kemba has the lowest star profile of all of the 10 starters by by quite a wide margin, I would say. So I, I don't see that happening. I mm-hmm. think Team LeBron wins this, and I think Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving are, mm. are battling down the stretch for it. And, and Knicks maybe fans it, are, it, <laughs> it, it forms a nice little narrative of these two guys already battling each other. What's it going to be like when they get to New York? Yeah, uh, It could be a storyline. I think the objectively funniest thing to happen here would be LeBron winning MVP. <laughs> his team isn't on isn't good. isn't in the playoffs right now. Uh his team has been hugely disappointing. He, did, did you watch his last game in Atlanta? Uh no, I did not see it. There were there were really long like 8 or 9 minute stretches where he didn't go inside the three-point line on offense. <laughs> like he he just yeah. he, he just look, I, I like LeBron as much as anybody, but you know, I, I think I can call into question how he approached that game, that last game, and his his response afterward when he was asked if he's concerned about the Lakers missing the playoffs or if he it, when would he become concerned about missing the playoffs, and he said when they miss the playoffs. Uh, so I think him going out and winning MVP would be objectively funny. Um, it could I, be, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. I I I also think Team LeBron wins this thing though. Um. It's just, it's yeah. just there's there are just too many really, really, really good players that are really good in an up and down game. Not that this game means anything, but I do feel like we are beginning the Giannis era. And I mean, he's been around for a while, but there is a chance that Giannis becomes the best player in the NBA as early as this season, and it just is for the next several years. In my opinion, he's that good. Mm-hmm. His team is that good. They're built around. Him. He's got a great coach um, who happens to be coaching him in this game. I could see Gian- Giannis if. We- we're going to go team Giannis. I would, I would pick him and um, on a stage with all the brightest stars, I could see him shining brighter than everybody else. What is there like a small moment that you're really looking forward to? And, and like, they always present these moments in, in the all-star games. Um, I don't know that I have one, honestly, for this one. Yoke, uh, team, Le- team LeBron took all of the the guys that you would like to maybe see going at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I don't necessarily see it. So um, for me, it's just, you know, like I said, I'm a Denver guy. Uh, I think Jokic is a lot of fun. I'm just hopeful that he gets out there and is given, is in an opportunity to, to throw some crazy passes. Because to me, an all-star game is tailor-made for what Jokic does. I just worry he's not going to get enough chances. I wish I wish Dirk and Wade were on different teams, uh, or like not they are on different teams, but they were swapped, right. uh, and you could have like Jokic and and Dirk going at it a bit. That'd be really fun. <laughs> a battle of speed, yes, for sure. <laughs> that'll uh, that'll do it though for this episode of the Lockdown NBA podcast. This is going to be a lot of fun. I, I haven't really looked. I forward love the All Star Weekend. Me too, and like this All Star Weekend in particular is I think is going to be really interesting. I do wish like JJ Reddick and and Clay Thompson were taking part in the three point contest. That'd be fun. Yeah, uh, be but but for the most part, I think they they did things right. I still am a huge fan of the draft. Oh, I didn't even mention this in the in the Rising Stars Challenge. Let them show up and get drafted on the court right there before the game. That should be another tweet. <laughs> Adam Silver, I'm right here. If you have if you if you're looking for any ideas, guy. Uh, but that'll do it, though, for this episode and this week's Locked On NBA. I'm Anthony Irwin. That is Adam Maris, and we will talk to you a week from now.